Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Good to see all of you. If you're visiting for the very first time, a special welcome to you. Uh, If you feel kind of new and you had any doubts about what you were doing today and went through some struggle, I want you to know you made the right choice. Whenever you put God first, God honors that, and he can work with our availability. Amen? 90% of success is just showing up. Well, we are continuing, we are concluding our series, Beyond the Signs. We are in week six, and uh, I want to do a little recap to visit what we've talked about so far. I don't know if you can see it in the resolution too well, but uh, we'll try here. I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Don't worry, it's not hard. It's open, it's open book. And uh, so up here, uh, can you tell what this image is right here? What miracle is that referring to? Yeah, the feeding of the 5,000. And then what is this? With, yeah, turning the water to wine. Oh, what's happening here? Yeah, Jesus is healing maybe a blind man or somebody who is deaf. Uh, can you tell what this one is right here? Jesus walking on water. Here, maybe healing a blind man. Do you know what this one is? This is the mystery box. This is the mystery miracle. It represents something awesome that God is going to do in your life. Amen? (laughs) Something awesome God's going to do in your life. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you, God, for your goodness Lord, thank you for your richness that we've been able to experience through worship, through fellowship. Father, we ask now that you would use your word to open our eyes. Lord, help us understand, help us see. Lord, it's not by our effort, not by our might or power. Lord, many have prepared for today to which we are thankful. But Lord, the real work of you revealing yourself and touching our lives and changing us is something only done by your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and be at work among us. God, we ask that you would meet us in a special way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your devices, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, beginning in verse 17, reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother, So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews were with, who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, imagine her, she said that through tears. And the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And so the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. We'll stop there for a moment. I want to ask you a question. We read this story. It's related to Easter Sunday. But it's important for us to ask the meaning question. What does it mean for you and me? What relevance does this have to you? What does it mean here and now in the 21st century as we read about this event that happened in John chapter 11. And to help us understand the relevance, the importance of it, uh, we need context. It's important to understand something that Jesus said in the beginning of this event. And so we're going to go back to the very beginning of John chapter 11, beginning in verse uh, 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill... He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. 
How many of you have read this story before? Raise your hand. Okay. Gosh, good number. Looks like 60, 70% of you. When you read this story, did you ever wonder why was it that here was Mary and Martha, their brother is sick, they go to Jesus, they ask for help, and then he delays? What's up with that? And what's even more interesting, it says Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha. And he loved Mary. And it says, so, like, so therefore, because he loves them, then when he heard the news, he delayed two days. And you're like, what? Why would you wait knowing that there was a need? Why would you wait knowing there was a need? It doesn't make any sense. But I want to remind us that God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And I would venture to say that Jesus said he loved, or John said he loved Lazarus, he loved Mary, he loved Martha. That from God's perspective, God's ways are higher than our ways. From God's perspective, in this situation, this is what love looks like. We're like, what? But I would venture to say that throughout the Bible, there are many stories where the situation is just the same, that there's a situation that's very difficult. Jesus does something unexpected, but it's because he loves us. Uh, I'll give you an example. We just had one last week when we talked about Jesus walking on the water. I left out a significant detail from the account of Matthew. Did you know that Jesus was the one who sent the disciples out on the water by themselves? That's what Matthew says. He sent them by, by themselves. Well, why would he do that knowing they were going to be in a storm? Why would he do that? The greatest thing that God can ever do for you is to reveal himself. The greatest thing he can ever do is to reveal himself because he is life and he is love and he is all-powerful. He is love, life, and all-powerful. He was just powered by itself. It would be a scary thing, like an erupting volcano or an earthquake. But he's not inanimate. He's personal, and he's love. And because he loves us, the fact that he's all-powerful is very good news. God loves us. Very often, when God's about to reveal something, he, he invites us to participate in what he's going to do. And so in this case, he told the disciples, go out on the lake, go to Capernaum on your own. He showed up in the middle of the night. He invited Peter to come out on the water with him. In this particular story about Lazarus, he tells Martha and the people with her, roll away the stone. And we have very human reactions when God invites us to do something that is so out of the ordinary. It's out of the box for us. And her response was, Lord, he's been dead four days. The odor is going to be bad. And he says to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? You would see the glory of God. And so here is the main point of this story. It's more loving. Imagine Lazarus, he's died. They're grieving. The family's grieving. It's more loving to let someone die 
and the family to go through a grieving process if it will allow them to experience God and to know God. That's more loving than to give them comfort and they don't go through any problems, but they never know God. It's more loving to go through a difficult time that allows you to experience and know God than to have a life of comfort and never know God. Because remember, God is operating from an eternal perspective. He's operating from an eternal perspective. Now, that flies in the face of the common notion, the popular notion that if God loves me, he's going to make me comfortable and he's going to give me lots of money. There are some people who would argue and say, Pastor Mark, when I think about God's love, I think of John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only uniquely created son so that any who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And if that describes you, I would say amen a thousand times. Amen. But let me ask you this. What is eternal life? Fortunately, Jesus made it very clear. He defined it in the very same gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent. The greatest thing that God can do for us is to reveal himself because he is the very source of life and everything that we need. Sometimes we get so distracted trying to fill our life with TV or the internet or work or whatever, but he is the thing that we need. I'll put it this way. Next slide. It's better to know God than be comfortable and never know God. Better to know God than to be comfortable and never know God. You know, Jesus, it says in some translations that he was deeply troubled in his spirit. Some translations say that he was angry. And uh, I had a hard time wrestling with that. What is he angry about? What is going on here? And some Bible scholars say Jesus was angry at death. Um, Jesus knew this was going to happen. He delayed two days on purpose. I think another thing that makes sense, another possibility of why he was disturbed inside, is that now three times his motives had been questioned. First, Martha came to him and said, Lord, if you had, if you had been here, this would not have happened. Now, that's kind of like an indirect statement of blame. And don't we do that? We go through hard times and we get upset inside and we have a tendency to blame God. And then Mary came and she said the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. And then he got to the tomb and he wept and some of the Jews saw him and they said, see how he loved him. But others said, isn't he the one who opened the eyes of a blind man? Could he not have saved this man too? Maybe he didn't really care. And I think, that Je- I think what Jesus could have been upset at was that their limited perspective, their limited vision, their limited understanding of who he is colored their perception of what was going on here. And as a result, they couldn't see Jesus for who he is. They couldn't see that he's all loving and he's all powerful. And you know, in the Bible, three is a significant number. This happened for the third time. And finally he said, roll away the stone. 
But Lord, <laughs> it's been four days. Didn't I tell you, if you believed that you would see the glory of God? It's more loving for somebody to go through a difficult time and know God than to be comfortable and not know God. Today's message is a message of hope. It's a message of hope for you and me. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. And what is it that we hope for as sons and daughters of the Father? Our hope is that we would experience the Father's love. That we would experience the Father's love. And Paul said in Ephesians, we have a glorious inheritance, a glorious inheritance. And that his power is immeasurable. It's an immeasurable great power that is for us. And God has the power, Jesus has the power, and he came to restore your purpose, and your destiny. You know, we're created for worship. We're created for eternity. And all of that was lost in the Garden of Eden. Tragically, all of that was lost in the Garden of Eden, but regained in the Garden of Gethsemane and through the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your great love. Lord, thank you that you cause all things to work together for good. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes. God, I ask that you would give us understanding about you and your ways. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just be at work here now in our hearts and minds speaking to us. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask you to take some time to do business with God. Just ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me? What is it that you want me to know? What is it that you want me to do? going to take some time to do some business with God. While you're listening, I also want to invite you to respond. I want to encourage you to respond by faith. God often invites us to participate by doing something. We're just going to take some time to linger. for what you're doing and Holy Spirit I ask that you would seal what it is that you're speaking and leading your children to do 
Father, would you, would you accomplish it and bring it to pass? Father in heaven, I'm making a decision today to turn to you. I'm deciding from my heart to open up. I want you to be involved in my life. And so I'm opening my mind and my heart and I invite you to come in and show yourself to me. Be with me. I want to be with you. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me for all the things I've done that have hurt people or myself and especially my relationship with you. And I thank you for Jesus who died for me, took my place on the cross, paid the penalty for me so I don't have to. And right now, I invite Jesus into my life. I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. And I ask you to forgive me. And if you're praying this prayer with me right now, I invite you to receive his spirit of forgiveness into your heart and let him release you from all guilt, condemnation, shame, accusation, all the bad feelings. Let him come in and like being under the shower of the waterfall of his love, just let him wash all the dark things away and cleanse your heart and mind. Cleanse your spirit. It's for you. This is why he came. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right here, right now. God, I ask your Holy Spirit to seal it. And I ask that you would reveal yourself to your children and reveal your ways. Give them a new start. Allow them to experience life as you intended, to know your goodness, your love, and your power. We ask in Jesus' name. Let's give a hand to all those who prayed that prayer.